Turn please to chapter 26. And we'll read verses 3 and 4. Isaiah 26 and verses 3 and 4. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Trust ye in the Lord forever. For in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. And let's pray, please. Our Father, we thank thee. We can approach thy holy word. We know our great need of the Holy Spirit to open our hearts, to teach us, to lead in the preaching of the word and and give us, Father, those that willing heart to receive and apply thy word to our, to our lives. Thank thee for such a glorious Savior that loved us and gave himself for us. And because of Christ, we're able to have this sweet fellowship together around the word. And we look to thee, thou art our Father which art in heaven. And we say, hallowed be thy name. Draw us all close to the Savior. May we know his presence here this morning. Thank thee for the promise to or three gathered in his name. He's there in the midst of them. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thou will keep him in perfect peace. His mind is stayed on thee. Because he trusteth in thee. Trust ye in the Lord forever. For in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. In the context of this, these two verses, uh, verses 1 and 2, we find out this is a song that was being sung. But we know it's by the Holy Spirit that we have these words, and it's speaking of our great God. It's a promise. I love the promises in the Word of God. I understand there's some 3,000 promises. I've never counted them. I'll just accept that. I read it somewhere. But uh, yea and amen, each one of them, in the Lord Jesus Christ. And as we look to the Lord, and the Blessed Spirit teaches us that we are guilty We have our original sin. Preachers don't talk about original sin a whole lot these days. I was reading a sermon by George Whitfield, and he was talking, uh, or just talking right to the heart, though he had long been in his grave as I was reading. And he was dealing with sin. And he spoke of actual, uh, uh, original sin and, and actual sin. Original sin, that's our sinful nature. We have that from Father Adam, who was the head of the 
First covenant, the covenant of works. The Lord gave him a command not to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And he partook of that fruit. And he brought upon himself a curse. And the way God set it up, as you read through the Bible, through Adam, uh, we come into this world sinful. And we are responsible for our sins. We have our actual sins. What about the Ten Commandments? Uh, Are they still in force? And I want to say a Presbyterian amen, amen, because as much as it pierces my heart, and I say my own, own sin, and yet, that's part of the gospel. Jesus said, except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. And so the Lord deals with us. How about keeping the Lord's day? That's number four. The prison, I, I have a prison ministry. I've been in and out of jail now for over 38 years. And, uh, and I enjoy that uh, privilege uh, each week. Uh, gathering at two services with the with the prisoners, and the strange thing is, I get along very well with criminals. And uh, but uh, but one of my desires as as I preach the gospel is not just simply teach them. And certainly, this is absolutely essential that we must believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. But we must remember what the angel told Joseph, that thou shalt call his name Jesus. For what? For he shall save his people from their sin. Repentance is absolutely essential. And of course, once we're saved, we don't have problems with sin anymore, do we? No, in fact, I've grown to, to think, I'm 76 now, that the older, it seems like, the more we recognize, the more quickly the tears come as we see our failures and sins. But we have a glorious Savior. And this wonderful blessing beyond words. This great work of Jesus Christ coming into this sinful world. And he did not come to save the righteous or those who think they are. He came to save sinners. And what a salvation it is. This is why we can look at this text in Isaiah chapter 23 and have in our hearts thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Uh, We are in the month uh, where there's an emphasis upon the Reformation and when we get to... um, uh, the, the last, this coming Lord's Day, uh, 
think in many churches especially emphasized what a young monk went through spiritually, how he tried to get peace with God. And he did what he was told. Lightning had struck and and he cried out that uh, he would be a monk. And he went to the Augustinian monastery and there the Lord dealt with him about his sin. And there was a Bible there and he could read Latin and it was chained at a podium that he could go read. But he tried to get relief from his sin. And he did what he was told to do. He went to the priest and he confessed his sin. Then he went to the priest and he confessed his sin. And then he went to the priest and he confessed some more sin. He about wore the priest out. He would confess all these sins, walk away and then come back and said, I forgot this one and that one. And he was... In absolute misery, he beat himself. He fasted until he was skin and bones. They found him on the floor. They thought he was dead, but he did come back to life. But there was an old monk. No one knows his name, but he talked to Martin Luther, and he told him uh, that monk Luther must know this that, now this is somewhat of a paraphrase, but monk Luther must not only believe that Jesus Christ forgives Peter's sin. Monk Luther must not only believe that Jesus Christ forgives the Apostle John's sin. Monk Luther must believe that Jesus Christ forgives Monk Luther's sin. And that's where it gets personal. And through the scriptures, he came to find out that you can't work your way to heaven, you can't do enough things to earn God's favor. Salvation comes by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. Now, brothers and sisters, I would have you have some joy this morning and some peace. How many sins did Christ take upon himself as the head of the new covenant, the covenant of grace? How many sins did he take upon him to save his people from their sin? Was it all sins in the past? Was it all sins for the present? Was it all sins for the future? 
And you say, wait a minute, preacher, you tell somebody that, they just go out and live for the devils because all those sins were taken care of. And I'll tell you, that person's not saved. But when the Lord opens a poor sinner's spiritual eyes and he looks savingly to Jesus Christ and believed that Jesus Christ took not just part of his sin, but took all of his sin. He's going to get a good night's sleep. And he's going to have peace that no man on earth or devil in hell can take away. Now how do I know this? Glad you asked. The prisoners, you excuse me, I'm not really, I, I don't want to liken you to Prisoners, I keep mentioning prisoners. <laughs> but you know we all are a bunch of sinners, every one of us. But uh, uh, I asked them, I just never failed in 38 years, but to get the right answer, I asked them, uh, what are... Uh, I just simply say, the wages of sin is, it never fails. Some reason, some way, people know that text and it stays in the mind. You know, this is one of the reasons and of course many others, but one of the reasons I know Jesus Christ took all of the sin upon himself is because of the resurrection. If there had been even one sin not paid for, for all of God's elect, he could not have come out of the grave. Brother and sister, Rest your soul on this. Yes, we fail daily. And yes, we are to seek forgiveness daily. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those that trespass against us. But know this, in justification by faith alone, In God's courtroom, we have already been pronounced not guilty. I remember one prisoner coming right off of his chair when I said that. He was so filled with praise and joy. There is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. That's settled now and for all eternity. When you get before the judge of all the earth, you will not be more justified, which means to be declared righteous through the, uh, through the saving work of Christ, that he took all your sin. Every one of them have been judged. There's no double jeopardy in God's courtroom. Your sins are not going to be judged twice. If the Son has made you free, you're free indeed. And you stand before the judge of all the earth, not guilty.
Now there's another doctrine that's called adoption. It's not mentioned a whole lot, but it's a precious teaching whereby the Spirit of God enables us to cry, Abba, Father, our dearest Father. Abba is a is an Aramaic term, but it means uh, uh, our. The Jews would not use that in reference to God because it was too familiar. But it's my dearest Father. Uh, to as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons or the children of God, even them that believe on his name. That, that word, even them that believe on his name, it's in the present tense in the Greek. Isn't that exciting? What does that mean? Glad you asked. The present tense is continuing action. It's not just once. That's the heiress. This is present tense. Continuing action. The elders in our church, when someone comes for membership, they'd love to hear the testimony, to ask for the testimony, when that person's saved, how the Lord worked in the heart and all that. But there's one thing they want to know. Because nobody can look into somebody's heart and tell with certainty whether they're saved or not. But one thing that they want to know, are you believing Jesus Christ right now? Paul said, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. May the Holy Spirit put this deep into your heart. I'm afraid we've gotten far away from what this holy book has to teach concerning being a Christian. Being a Christian is not just making a decision and sitting down with the devil all day and think at night you're going to sit down with Christ. Now you can't earn your salvation. Christ did all that saves you. But if you are saved, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice, I know them, And what? And they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life. And they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. This is salvation. Christianity is not a one-time event in our life. It's day by day leaning upon the beloved and walking by faith. What an introduction. Now I'll get to my sermon, but don't worry, I'll speed up even if I am Southern. It's going to happen. <laughs> but this peace, in order for us to have peace, what I have told you is foundational. Thou shalt have perfect peace. Now, if you were to open up your Hebrew Bibles and look at that, text, you would see that that word peace is used twice. Thou shalt have peace, peace. Kind of strange in our way of thinking, but that is uh, not unusual. In the Hebrew, it, it intensifies the meaning of that word. And thus, the translator said, uh, uh, thou shalt have 
perfect peace. And there's no peace like it. You can't get it anywhere else. The devil can't give peace. Not this kind of peace. I read about it in Isaiah that the wicked cannot rest. They do not have any peace. They're like the troubled waters. Thou shalt have perfect peace. It comes from God. It comes through Jesus Christ. The name, one of the names of our glorious God is Jehovah Shalom. The word Jehovah, the name Jehovah, as you likely know, means I am. It means that God is self-existing and that he gives existence to all that exists. But it is a particular name that is directed towards the Lord's people. He has given them existence. Those slaves in Egypt that we read about in Exodus that the Lord delivered according to his promise that he gave to Abraham some 400 years previous. What a God we have and what a Bible we have. There's no book like this book. So many ways reveals to us only God could write this book. But over 400 years has passed, and just as the Lord prophesied, these slaves were brought out of Egypt. I just, I don't know this with certainty, but I think I'm correct. Egypt at that time probably was, was the, the most powerful country in existence. And Pharaoh resisted God, and all that was part of his God's sovereignty. Do you believe God is sovereign? Do you believe God's in control of everything? Can you say in your heart that you know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose? It is necessary that you believe God is sovereign for that to have any meaning for you at all. God is in complete control over all his creation. We can't enter into such knowledge, we, but we rest in God's providence. Now you're sitting here this morning and you're breathing and your heart's beating and I don't think it's any chance thing that you're sitting here. And I think a number of you, I would hope all of you could, could just say in your heart how wonderful God has been to keep you. Even through the trials, you've been drawn closer to Christ. You've learned not to depend on yourself more and more. All my great wisdom and knowledge, it just doesn't work too well. But when I open this book and it's the Lord directs my steps and I lean upon the beloved. It doesn't mean the storm's going to go away. 
Because sometimes it's the Lord's will for us to go through it many times. That does happen. We need to understand these troubles. The Bible, you just can't read the Bible without seeing God's people going through troubles. Sometimes the most severe troubles. Um, I had a situation several years ago. I was listening to a Christian radio station and it gave an account of one of the martyrs that was burned at the stake. And when uh, the uh, when it was over, the announcer asked the question, would you be willing to give your body to be burned at the stake? I had a friend, uh, well, he's still a friend, uh, and uh, we talked about that. And he said, you know what? I would not even take my finger and put it over the open flame of a candle and keep it there, much less have my whole body burn. And it came to me that I was asking the wrong question. And the announcer was asking the wrong question. The question is not whether or not I could do such a thing. The question is, is the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ sufficient to enable me to even give my body to be burned. We do not serve a weak Christ. He is reigning. I read about it in this holy book. He has all power in heaven and in earth. What does that mean? That means he has all power in heaven and in earth. That's what it means. He gives us every heartbeat. He keeps us by his grace. He is Jehovah Shalom. He does he gives to his people peace or glorious Savior. Said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. And he said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not, uh, let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. The blessed Holy Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, and what? Peace. The Lord has given us means. They are essential to us. They're often neglected. I'm going to give an illustration from A.A. Hodge. Some of you may know the theologian I'm talking about. 
uh, from Princeton. You know Charles Hodge, maybe. Maybe you don't. But uh, I, I'm just trying to tell you, I stole this il illustration from him. But it helped me a lot. And I'm paraphrasing it, but if we had a table out right here, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. And it was just filled with delicious and wonderful food. And someone came up to me and said, Pastor, I'm hungry. And I said, oh, we got all this food. Come on and eat. Help yourself. He said, Pastor, I'm hungry. Oh, you don't understand. This food is for you. Just come on and eat. Pastor, I'm hungry. Sadly, that reminds me of quite a few Christians. this holy book. God has given it to us. It's got blood on every page where those who are so burdened that we have the Bible in our own language that can be understood. It had become the forbidden book in the dark ages. Rome would torture, throw into dungeons, burn at the stake if one was found with a Bible. Do you think we're going back into the dark ages? It's enough to make you wonder, isn't it? I know the Lord could come again, don't get me wrong, but still... No man knows the day or the hour with absolute certainty. But the Lord has given to us the sacred scriptures. Brother and sister, you should be in this holy book every day. Praying first, seeking the Lord's help. And I suspect none of us can claim perfection in this. I think that's one of the way the devil attacks. Maybe the first, and I got this from Octavius Winslow. How do you like that name? Octavius Winslow. I thought that was the most wonderful name for this man that lived in the 1800s. I loved his Christian, but Octavius, what does it mean? And I tried to find out. I finally found out. You know what Octavius means? It means he was the eighth child born in the family. So. <laughs> but he wrote a book on spiritual declension. And on the, in that book, he said the beginning of spiritual declension is when we stop praying. Only, oops. Or else I haven't heard of that. <laughs> Only we know about it. We know we're not praying. All right. I'm a preacher and I'm serious. I'm going to tell you if you're a believer, you better start praying.
if you're not. And, and I want to urge you to pray more and more and more. You need to spend time with the Lord. He knows your thoughts. He knows your prayers for, for you, you even ask that. It's even part of his eternal decree. But it's God's means of bringing you peace. To learn what it is to humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Knowing that he will exalt you in due time. Casting all your care upon him. For he careth for you. You open this book. And you will have these precious promises sealed to your heart by the Holy Spirit. Rejoice not against me, O mine enemy. When I fall, I shall arise. No weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that shall rise up against you in judgment, thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the great preachers and missionaries. No. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. I had fainted unless I believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Are you following me? These are verses that I have used that have brought peace to my soul. I don't believe you can turn your emotions off like a switch. Please don't misunderstand me. Sometimes we have to pray a lot. Sometimes we have to read a lot. And then we fail, but we go right on back looking to the Lord. It, thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind, their thoughts... Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Trust ye in the Lord forever for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. In one service there at Little Hope Presbyterian Church there was a lady that I've been had known uh, she had attended faithfully to church, uh, and but she had gotten into her elderly years, had a very difficult situation in her family, and um, she had to go to the nursing home. She and another missionary were, would always be together. Sometimes she wouldn't even recognize me. She said, "Now, what church did you say you're from?" and uh, or, and uh, and but her son brought her, and just very soon afterwards she would pass away. But in a wheelchair, son brought her, and she was sitting right, brought her right up in in uh, in the center aisle there, and and um, and she was listening. I guess I didn't even know she could hear me. Her hearing wasn't good either. And in the sermon, I quoted that last verse in the 23rd Psalm. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, 
and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Remember this Presbyterian, this Presbyterian congregation. And when I said that, she said, Hallelujah! Woke us all up. I told them it was the best sermon y'all have heard in a long time. <laughs> Coming from that lady, that dear lady. This book is real. This book is the truth. I'm going to give you a definition of truth. Got it from an old country preacher, evidently. I was listening to the radio, bad grammar and everything else, but you could tell his heart was in what he was saying, and he gave a definition of truth. He said, truth is what is. A lie is what is not. The devil's a liar. Aren't you tired of lies? Oh. This is the truth. This is what is. And it will never change. For all eternity. And Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And no man cometh unto the Father but by him. And if you know the truth, it's going to set you free. And you walk by faith, not by sight. I had one other point I wanted to mention. That's simply endurance. You got to be patient. I don't like trouble. I know what it is to weep. I know what it is to be in agony even. But wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Weeping may endure. And I like that little word, may. Weeping may endure for the night, but what? Joy comes in the morning. Amen. Isn't it glorious beyond words to be a Christian? And to have a Savior who will never leave us nor forsake us. Not going to lose any of his sheep. By his grace, we'll be forever with the Lord. I read it. It's in the book. He who has begun a good work in you will perform it till the day of Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Our Father, we thank Thee for this mercy and blessing of gathering of those of like precious faith. Thank Thee that Thy Word is truth. Seal it to our souls this morning. Draw us all closer to Christ than we've ever been. Enable us to lean upon our beloved as we go through this wilderness. Strengthen the hands of each one of thine own here. Make us more than conquerors through Christ that loved us. And now, Father, we give thee all the glory. 
what mercy, what blessings are poured out upon us day by day. Prepare us for the great day when we'll see our Savior face to face. And Father, bring forth fruit in each life here. Save any who may be lost. Pray that that the blessed Spirit would open the heart and draw that one to Christ. And Father, strengthen now each one of thine own. We praise thee for thy word. And we look to thee, Father, to bring forth that which will glorify thee in each life. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.